No, I am, what's the word should I say, is that I find it always a privilege to preach on the Word of God. But today, I feel like I cannot wait to get this sermon out. Like it's in here and it's like I just got to give it. So we're going to get onto it straight away. You know, I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ in 1974 and about... Uh, in 1972, two years before, some of you may remember this, but there was a movie called, the, which was a series called A Thief in the Night. It was about end times movie. It was, uh, it was a four-part series of about a story of a young woman who, caught, who was caught up in living in the present days, living her life for herself and uh, no concern for the future. No concern of what was going to happen. And a dramatic earth-shaking events began to unfold around her. And uh, Patty realises that she is living in end times. She's living in the last days. Who remembers that movie, the, the series? Yeah, a few of you remember. And there was a few other movies that came out after that as well. Who remembers Barry Smith, who toured the world speaking about end times events, about the last days. If you have a credit card, no, if you have a barcode, I remember he would say there's going to be a time where there's going to be barcodes. And he was an American. He was actually a Queenslander. He won't be able to cry on time in your life, there'll be barcodes. No. <laughs> and there'll be a gap and it'll be 666. You know, remember that? And we're all like, let's get ready. So people say to me, you know, how can you say it's last times? The Bible, Peter talked about the last, behold, the day of the Lord's return. We're living in last days. But I believe that as soon as Jesus' first departure to heaven, from that day on, we've been living in last days. But let me tell you today, as I preach, we're going to go tick, 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 on the signs in Matthew 24, I've got some uh, interesting uh, stats, interesting real-life events that have happened. My husband, Mark Elmendorf, the good-looking man you saw on the screen before, his life was in such a mess, alcohol addiction, drug addiction, that God used an unsaved girl whose mother was a Christian and obviously she knew the message because her mother would have preached it many times. In a, and he was sitting in a pub and she's an unsaved girl and she could see that Mark's life was just spiring out of control, that she preached to him the end times message. She wasn't even saved. God was like really wanting him to change his life and give his life to the Lord. It was out of an end times message that, that Mark got saved. I do believe, I can't say that, um, I can't say when Jesus is returning because not even Jesus or the angels in heaven know that. And if I was to say that, you could throw things at me and call me a false prophet. But I can say, according to the word of God, that if we look at the signs of the times, we can start ticking things off. I do believe we are close to Christ's return. Are you ready? 
I want to especially focus on this passage. There are so many passages in the Bible about end times, last days, the return of Jesus. But I want to look at the signs of the times, the expectant King's Jesus return. So Matthew chapter 24, verses 1 to 4. Put your seatbelts on because we are going to go fast, but we are going to get there and we are going to get everything we can out of the Word of God this morning. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another and shall not be thrown down. The signs of the times and the end of the age. Now he sat on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumours of wars. See it that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. And all these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to the tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Let us pray. Father, we open up your word this morning to seek you, and we ask that you would speak to us. We are living in a world and at a time where we are seeing some of these things come to pass. And before our very eyes, we know that your return seems to be coming closer It's like we can hear the footsteps of Jesus. And Father, I pray that you'll find us faithful and you'll find us ready in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, this passage is happening in the last week of Jesus' life. It's leading up to his crucifixion. He's gone to Jerusalem like all the Jews did to celebrate with his disciples, to celebrate the Passover followed by the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And that's what the Jews did. They all came from all over back into Jerusalem to to celebrate. It was an eight-day holiday of celebration. And it was during this time that Jesus every day would go to the temple. He would preach, but then he would go to the Mount of Olives and retreat with his disciples. So he would preach and then retreat, which was it's only actually a very short walk from, if you've ever been in Israel, I know some of you have, from the, the temple to the Mount of Olives. Then, uh, and so they would retreat and and do this and spend time with Jesus. 
um, as they're leaving the temple, so as they, they've been to the temple and they, the, Jesus and the disciples are making their way to the Mount of Olives, as they're leaving the temple, they look back and the disciples go, wow, you got to imagine this. The picture's going to come up. The temple was white sandstone uh, rock, Jerusalem rock, with glittering of, it's the picture of the temple, the first one, uh, glistering gold trims. It doesn't, like, can you see that? That's all gold, real gold trimmings, not painted gold, real gold. And as the sun would hit it, it would glister and shine ever so bright. And the disciples look back with Jesus going, this is unbelievable. Look, have a look at the temple. It is, you imagine, they've seen this temple all the time. But in awe, this moment of awness comes as they look at the temple. And Jesus says, yeah, but it's going to be destroyed. That's what he says to them. Look at it. But it's going to be destroyed. That's what he's saying. And that's exactly what happens. Forty years later, in 70 AD, the Romans put to an end to a Jewish rebellion and they burnt they, would, they cut the olive trees, they used the branches of the olive trees, they used the, the trunks and they placed them in the temple, around the temple and set light to the temple and then they threw over all the stones, all the, the, the stones that built the temple and they threw over. And you can see, you can go to Jerusalem today and this is what you see. You actually see the cornerstone, right, that the builders rejected, you see that. In the corner here, you see rubble. To this day, they're excavated, and that's what you see. The stones are still laying there to this day. As the disciples are retreating with Jesus at at the Mount of Olives, they ask two questions, but they actually want three answers. So they say, verse 3, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives... The disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming of the end of age? They want to know really three answers to these two questions. One, when will the temple be destroyed? Two, what will be the sign of your coming? Three, what will be the sign of the end of the age? When it will all be gone. By their questions, you really see they're not clear on things. They're really uncertain. They've got Jesus with them, but they are uncertain and perplexed by this. So really they're saying, when are you going to come back, Jesus, and when are you going to take over? So they know, they understand that Jesus is going back to to heaven to reside with the Father. So they know that the first come the first coming has come and we at Christmas time celebrate his first arrival as Jesus as a baby, right? We celebrate that at this time. But they're saying they know he's going to be resurrected to heaven. But when are you going to come back? When are you going to destroy him? When is it going to be the end of the world? When is it going to that be? So he helps the disciples understand their questions. That will lead up to his second coming. Jesus is coming again. Yes! I'm 
excited. Jesus is coming again. I don't know about you. I do not want to live on this earth forever. The Old Testament gave more than 300 prophecies relating to his first coming, Jesus at Christmas, okay? And all of those have been fulfilled. Those those scriptures have been fulfilled. 100 had to do with Jesus' first coming. 200 had to do with the second coming of Jesus, which is yet to come. The New Testament gives three times as many prophecies about Jesus' second coming. Throughout the Gospels, we see written, Jesus is coming. Throughout the epistles, Paul's epistles, we see he writes about Jesus' return. And Revelation, which my devotions are in Revelation at the moment, so I do a, the book of the I do the Bible in one year, and it's almost the year, and so I'm in Revelation at the moment. Behold, I am coming soon, says in Revelation, and Jesus is going to fulfil just as he fulfilled the scriptures of his first coming. He's going to fulfil the scriptures of his second coming. There are fifteen that we find in Matthew 24, 15 major events that will proceed to the second coming of Jesus. Are you ready to hear them? And in your head, I want you to do a little bit of exercise. You want to take notes? Please take notes. And if you're taking notes, put a little tick mark at the end of every one of them if you think that they've come to pass. He, there are actually three stages. He breaks it down to three stages. He examples the three stages to a woman being pregnant. It is actually uh, interesting how he relates to this as a woman being pregnant. It's basically saying, and a woman who here, who has had a baby, understands, there are stages of pregnancy. When you fall pregnant, you're doing really well, and then one day as you're getting closer to giving birth, there's something called Braxton Hicks contractions. They're always there, but they begin to be, oh, oh, I felt that. Just every now and again, oh, yes, I felt that. Good for a couple of days, oh. And as the woman is getting closer to giving birth, those contractions more Braxton Hicks and the contractions beginning. You, you're blessed, you men. Go, kidney stones is your worst enemy. They say that's equivalent to birth pains. As they get closer, as the, the time of giving birth gets closer, the, in, the contractions get closer together and get more intense. Be blessed to say that you're a man and not a woman. Verses 4 to 8 says, and the sta- the, this is the first stage. And then Jesus answered and said to them, I take, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, and I am the Christ, and will, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumours of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places and all these are the beginning of sorrows. 
In the ESV translation and the NIV translation, it says this. It says, and all these are the beginning of birth pains. It means not the Braxton Hicks. It's saying the birth pains. The <laughs> that, that, man, you are blessed. The, 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 in, the contractions are close. Like they don't give you a break of a minute and they're back again. It's intense. And that's what, this, that's what um, Jesus is saying here. He's saying when they're coming closer and closer and repeating more and more, you know the end is, is close. So he's putting it in, a, in an aspect of labour and the intensity. The final stages of the most difficult and, pain, and painful part, and every woman says yes, to giving birth. Paul refers to this and he writes in 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 to 3, the day of the Lord. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then suddenly destruction comes upon them as labour pains upon a pregnant woman and they should not escape. So I want to look at the three stages of the signs of Jesus' return, the second coming. Stage one, before Jesus comes back, number one, the deception by false Christ. We see in the world at the moment uh, that there are like so many false prophets. You know, in the 18th century, there were two who claimed to be Jesus. In the 19th century, there were seven who claimed to be Jesus. In the 20th and the 21st century, in, which is in our time now, there are 36 people who have claimed to be Jesus. Shock horror, we have one in two people in Queensland. He claims, Alan John Miller claims to be Jesus, Right? And Mary Luck, she claims to be Mary Magdalene. They married and they live in Queensland. And he puts out messages from Jesus, him, I'm Jesus. Here's the message of the day from Jesus. I'm not going to tell you their website because we don't want to publicise them. Okay, so we see number one, tech. Two, number two, wars and rumours of wars. You can take that picture down. I don't want him <laughs> behind me. What, what he is saying, what Jesus is saying, that wars are going to increase over time. Now, if you look, we've had wars over the years. We've had many, many wars over the years. You can say, yeah, I know, we've had many wars. Historically, it's proven to be true that before... Jesus, the true, before Christ Jesus, before Christ, there were 70 wars. Before Christ, there were 70 known wars. After Christ, after Christ came on earth, after, right, the next thousand years were 50 wars. In the next following 500 years, there were, sorry, in the next 500 years, there were 100 wars. Following 300 years of that, there were 200 wars. In the last 200 years, there's been 500 wars. In the last five years, there's been 25 wars. See the increase? See the labour pains increasing? The frequency, just like labour pains? 
tick. Number three, famines. The stats in 2021 says that there are 828 million people globally who are affected by hunger to this since 2021 are the stats. One of the concerns is that we may grow out of food and the ability to produce food for 10 billion people, which is they estimate the population by 2050. And you'll read, you read about this, you hear about this on the radio now. They talk, scientists are going that the, the plants are not going to be able to produce what is needed for the population the the, rep, the the shortage of food is only just going to be on the increase. Talk about the change biologically in the plant world uh, to be able to produce food. That's why they're going genetically. That's why they're trying to do other ways. Yuck. Scientists are beginning to question all over. You'll hear it time and time again. The, the predictions they, where we can't get the food, where... Some places, in, I don't know if you heard in America, there are, not only the cost of food has gone up, there's the, the scarcity, becoming scarce to get food. Number four, so tick. Number four, pestilences. Well, one word, COVID. <laughs> Millions of people have died and still are dying and we'll see more of that. There, there are resist, resistance to antibiotics now. Uh, causing bacteria, cancer is on the rise like no other time. It's all pointing to the Jesus return. This is what he said. I'm not saying this. He says there's going to be pestilences. The world is not going to get better, Jesus said. These things have to happen. So I'm not here to scare you. I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to say, hey, get ready, guys. Be encouraged. This is unbelievable. But get ready. Number five, earthquakes. There are 20,000 earthquakes that happen every year. We just don't feel them. They're actually fault lines under the ground. That's actually 55 a day. Today there's going to be around the world some 55 earthquakes, fault lines, trimming. All over the world there are these fault lines. You know, I remember in Adelaide... We were, uh, we were selling a house to move up here. And Adelaide has nothing, like literally nothing. No, no, no well, that's what I thought. Um, you know, like we're the safest place in Adelaide. Nothing really happens much in Adelaide. And the week that we put our house on the auction, it was, it was to go on auction on the Saturday and on the Thursday, there was an earth tremor in Adelaide. It was all, all that happened was a bottle, you know, <laughs> not even a bottle, not even a bottle, oh, thank you, not even a bottle tipped over. That was a big, big joke that people were making. But I actually felt it because I'm going, did you feel that, honey? He's like, I did. He runs out, looks at the house because we've got to sell this house, you know, and so he's like, oh, no, not one more weeks. We've never had an earthquake. Why, why? Now, so uh, it was quite funny, but um, so since since keeping records, not me, the, the people involved keeping records since 1900, they started to document records. 16 earthquakes a year over sev over the uh, Richter scale of seven. So there's been 16 that are actually 
over seven the Richter scale, which is bad, which is actually not a good thing because they actually do the damage. In 2010, that's 12 years ago, there were 24 over seven. Stage two, verse nine. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake and then many will be offended. You know, the Greek word here is skandalizo, which means falling away from the faith. Well, haven't we seen that in the last three years? Since COVID, it's like, yeah, your permission to grow cold. Hey? Let's continue reading. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, will hate one another. Then false, many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this is the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. Number six. It's interesting we go into this one, number six, is persecution of Christians. I don't have to say much about this, but to say we are living in a day that more people are being persecuted for their faith than ever before. In the last century, more people were martyred for their faith than ever before. In Asia, one in three Christians face high levels of persecution. According to Open Doors, which is, our, which is a massive organisation who send missionaries out, according to Open Doors, the top five countries in the world that persecute Christians is North Korea, Afghanistan, Somalia, Liberia, Libya, Liberia, Pakistan. 245 million Christians around the world suffer from high levels of persecution for their faith today. 245 million. That's one in nine Christians in the world, around the world, are suffering from some sort of high levels. Not just like, you are Christian. No, no, high level of persecution for their faith. We don't see much of it here because we live in cushy Australia. But it is coming here. We're seeing it in a different way. We're seeing it that if you apply for a job of a high-end executive position and they find out that you're a Christian or you go to church, you don't get the job. You get all over media for someone that someone else said, but you get labelled with believing what they said. So you don't get the job. In 2019, 4,136 Christians were killed for their faith in that year. 2019, 4,136 Christians were killed for their faith. 2,625 Christians were detained without trial, without arrest and without being sentenced, just imprisoned. See, the numbers are increasing as I, as I come closer to our years. They're only increasing. In the same year of 2019, 
1,266 churches were destroyed or attacked. We don't see it in Cushy, Australia. We're going to see it in a different way and in the same way. It's happening. Number seven, a falling away from faith. We have seen the great increase of this during the pandemic, as I said. Churches have actually closed all over the world. We haven't heard any of in Australia so far, but we have heard of, of, of pastors resigning by the drove because of just disheartening and discouraged. You know, churches that were hundreds and now down to 20 in, in Queensland, in Brisbane. Some country places are only in numbers, like one-hand numbers. So we are seeing it. We are seeing a falling away. We're seeing a coldness to the faith. We're seeing that happen. Number eight, betrayal and hatred. Are you getting something out of this? Are you enjoying it as much as I've enjoyed preparing it? Oh, that's good because it's not been a labour in vain. Get, get the punt. Every now and again. <laughs> Betrayal and hatred. Aren't we seeing that? You know, you say something, someone says it, you said this, it's out on the media. It's out on Facebook. It's out on Instagram. It's all over the place. It's talked about in lounge rooms, in dining rooms. You're bigger, you're this, you're that. It's, it's, it's constant. It's almost you've got to go, I better, better think this through before I say this. It's getting to that stage. Number nine, increase of deception from false prophets. It's interesting. It's, it's brought this up again. It's, it refers to false prophets several times. So this is, again, increase of deception from false prophets. And we see that it's like Jesus knows that there's going to be more coming out. And I'm not talking about, you know, the guy who said I'm Jesus. I'm talking about false teachings. So be careful what you listen to on the internet. Be careful who you listen to on YouTube. Be careful where you get your information. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, throw it, not the throw the Bible out, throw their, their thoughts out, throw their messages out. Do not, does not line up, then it's human speaking, okay? Um, you're mature in this, in this congregation, so I only take it for granted that you would do that anyway. But there are some young people here, and so I say on their behalf, be careful what you listen to. Be careful who you believe to. Check it out. Word of God. Does it say this? Does it confirm? Then I'll take it. Number nine. Uh, sorry, number ten. Increase of wickedness. In verse 12, Jesus used the word lawlessness. But it's actually a Greek word which means they have shunned the law of God. They've shunned, they've re, re, um, ridiculed the word of God. So that's on the increase. You know, you say, I read the Bible. They go, what? You don't read that old-fashioned book, do you? You know, there's a shunning, there's a dismissive of the power of the word of God. 
No, we've got uh, Jean who runs a group here on Thursdays fortnightly and it's going to start up again on the 2nd of February next year. I would encourage you, they're doing the study, great studies, very well researched study, know, the, know your Bible, on the book of Revelation. It just happened to come. I said, when Jean said we're doing on Revelation, I'm like, I reckon Jesus is trying to tell us something, <laughs> right? So I encourage you. We'll have more information come out to you. Know your Bible. Know what the Bible says. And a really good opportunity for you to learn and grow next year more in the Word of God. Number 11, decreased love. That's the agape love will grow cold. Agape love, love for one another. Love towards mankind. Not hostility. Not disdain, not ah, you know, but love. When was the last time you did an act of kindness for someone? Not to be seen or noticed, but to just say, I love you. I just want to do this for you. When have you done that anonymously? When have you done that publicly? When have you done that privately? Love, do it. You know, I often take the opportunity throughout the year to randomly give food or biscuits or something that I've made to my neighbours. I've preached to them. They know the gospel message that they can rehearse it off by heart. Right? But now I felt God say, just show love to them. I'll work on them. You just keep showing love and sowing love into them. Number 12, spreading of the gospel around the world. We are living in the information age. This phone, even though it controls us sometimes, but it's great because everyone has, seems to have a phone. Mark was telling me when he went to Cambodia, in the bushes there were kids with phones, right? Um, we are living in an age of technology that it's readily available to hear a message or hear a preach or see a post and things like that. And uh, I'm so glad, but we've got to get busy. We've got to get busy, church. We've got to get busy in spreading the word of God. The good thing to come out, the only good thing, two good things, the QR code for church reasons and the church online. Two good things to come out of COVID or perhaps washing your hands. Three, is, is church online, people are able to hear the word of God from remotely. You go, you guys go on holidays. And some of you tell, tell me, I watch church online. I'm like, yeah, that's so good. You're not just like eating your breakfast and reading a book or a magazine. You're watching. You're engaging. So it's so good. Now there, this is... This is great for those who cannot get to church. Repeat after me. For those who cannot get to church to watch online. Can you repeat after me? For those who cannot get to church. Right, so online services are for those people. Not for you. I call them the pyjama Christians. Not for the pyjama Christians. But for those who are sick or away to get online. They can still hear the gospel I think this is the most significant sign of all time. 
Verse 14 says, And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Jesus says, I will not return until every ear has heard, right? Every eye has seen. We are getting to the age where every ear has heard. Listen to this stat. This is so exciting. The Museum of the Bible in Washington, Washington D.C. There's a Museum of the Bible. It's going to come up, a picture. Okay. The Museum of the Bible is in Washington, D.C., they have this room and in it is all the spoken languages on earth. Then what they have is a compliant, a complete Bible. If that language has a complete Bible, they have a book that is a certain colour indicating that that language has a complete Bible. When I say complete Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, complete, Psalms, everything, right? Then... If they have just a few, like and just the New Testament in that language, then they have a different colour to indicate they have in, uh, that Bible. Or if they're in that language, they only have part of the book, maybe just the Psalms in that language, then they have another colour for, for what that indicates. It might be just the Psalm or a book of the Bible. Then they have hundreds of books where they are spoken languages that they still don't have the gospel in written form, hundreds still, but the executive director has said by the time of 2030, that's almost only, that's only almost seven years away, every single spoken language on planet earth will have the gospel itself in their language translated. That's amazing. But people still have to hear it. So it needs to be sent by someone. Okay? That's where we come into it. That's our job. Never in history have we have had the ability to have the word of God in every language. Jesus said he would not return until every ear has heard, every eye has seen. We are living close to the return of Jesus. Are you ready? Stage three. This is the <laughs> intense labour pains. You boys are blessed. This is the some scream at this stage. The most painful stage. I hope I've been putting the young people off when they get married to have children. Tori, it's okay. Mum will be there. Looking at the Bible, I don't believe as Christians we will be on earth for this part of the period. It's just my belief according to what I've seen and researched out of the word of God. In this stage, he talks about the abomination of desolation, the time of the Antichrist. Matthew 24, 15 to 28, the great tribulation. Therefore, when you see the abomination of the desolation spoken by Daniel, the prophet, standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop 
not go down to take anything out of his house and let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or the Sabbath, for then there will be great tribulation, such as as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. That's the elect's sake is us, Christians, born again. Then if anyone says to you, look, there he is, there's a Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets, here he goes again talking about them, will rise and show great signs and wonders. So they're demonic signs and wonders. They're not godly signs and wonders. Will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, and even the elect. So they try and deceive those who have come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ because they finally, those lukewarm Christians go, oh, this is it. I should have done something about this earlier. Therefore, if they say to you, look, here he is in the desert, do not go out. Or look, here he is, he's in America. No, he's in Russia. No, he's in Asia. Do not believe them. He's in Brazil. No, in the inner rooms. No, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so will the coming of the Lord, the Son of Man be. For wherever the carcasses is, there the eagles will go and be gathered together. Ha. Number 13, the appearance of the Antichrist. There will be a charismatic global world leader who emerges as a world dictator. And that's what the Bible tells us. At this moment, I'm feeling like the mantle of Barry Smith has just come upon me. <laughs> He will be opposed to God and anything that represents God. He will be posed, he will be possessed, sorry, posed, posed and possessed by Satan. Second Thessalonians 2 verses 4. Have you realized out of this is the word of God? It's just I'm just confirming what the scripture says. I'm not making I made up no. I researched the stats. I didn't make them up. I researched the stats. And if 2 Thessalonians 2 4 says that you don't have this scripture, but says that he will set himself up as God's temple in Jerusalem, proclaiming himself. So he'll be in the temple in Jerusalem, proclaiming himself to be God and demand to be worshipped. That's the Antichrist. It also tells us that the temple will be rebuilt in order for that to happen. So the temple will be rebuilt, ready for the Antichrist. Unfortunately, it will be rebuilt to honour the Antichrist. He will set himself up there to be worshipped as Messiah. Then the Jews will realise, he is not the Messiah that we've been waiting for. Their eyes will be opened 
that breaking of that covenant will happen where it says that the eyes of many will be open and he breaks the covenant of peace as Jesus said and referred to in the book of Daniel. And that's when the Jews will realise this is not the Messiah. We've missed the Messiah. He was amongst us in our midst. He breaks the covenant of peace halfway through. This is the Antichrist. will break the covenant of peace halfway through the seven-year deal. That's when he breaks the... He says, peace on earth. Peace is going to be on earth. So when you hear that, when you hear peace, we're going to bring peace. 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 Well, hopefully we're not going to be around for that time anyway. You know that halfway through the seven-year deal, he'll break that. The eyes of the Jews will be open at that point and they will see that he is not the real Messiah and they have been duped. Number 14, the great tribulation on earth. That's when Jesus says in verse 21, says which will bring chaos into this world. Revelation 6, 18 refers to this time as chaos upon the world. There will be chaos in this world. Number 15, the rise of more false prophets, Christ and prophets with false signs and wonders. Again, they love coming out, don't they? Jesus is saying, don't be deceived when they say the Messiah is here or is there. For as, verse 27, for as lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will be the coming of man will be. The second coming of Jesus will be visible and very powerful. Every eye will see him. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You don't have to worry about this time. If you're a Christian, we're, we're enjoying our time with Jesus. Okay? Don't be, but, but I'm telling you, be ready and get the gospel out there because you don't want your family or friends to be part of this time. And that's why Jesus says this in verse 29 to 30. Immediately after the tribulation of all those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear, this is Jesus in heaven, and then all the tribes of earth will mourn and they will see him as the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Can the musos come right now, please? So you've been wondering right now, what stage are we in? Clearly we're not, sorry, clearly we are in stage one and two. Just think of the persecuted Christians. Just think of some of the things that I've just exposed this morning. More have been persecuted than ever before in the last century compared to centuries past. There is denial of truth in, in, in churches. There's some mainline churches that have gone way away from the word of preaching the word of God. They have gone secularism, humanism. They've just like preaching a different gospel to the Bible. People denying their faith. Um, there's hatred on the rise like never before in this country against Christians. The media is so quick to slander Christians but not so quick to, to talk about the good works that the Christians are doing, feeding the poor, taking in the homeless, doing great works around the world. 
There's an increase of sin. You know, the legislations of abortion, of uh, euthanasia, just they're pumping these legislations while people are going through COVID. We'll sneak that one in now. They're worried about COVID. Let's sneak that one through. And that's how they're doing it. So, guys, be here. Be alert. Be ready. Listen. Don't be alarmed. Don't be frightened. Just be ready. I'm not going to put a date on this because I'm not a false teacher or false prophet. If Jesus doesn't know and the angels don't know, Nina Elmendorf certainly is not going to know. The only thing I believe that separates us from from the stages two and from three is the rapture of the church. So the bigger question to you today as we look at Matthew 36 and and verse 44. But on of that day and at the hour, no one even knows. Not the angels in heaven, but my Father only. Verse 44 says, Therefore you also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. Don't worry about what stage you're in. Worry about, are you ready? Worry about, have I spread the gospel of Jesus? That's what you need to be worried about. That's what you need to be concerned about. In the last chapter, the end of the book, Revelation 22, 12 says, Behold, I am coming soon.